The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, folks. I'm your host, Fred Houston, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. Uh, I've got some interesting topics to cover today, uh, but before I do, uh, a couple of uh, housekeeping chores. Uh, those of you that want to sign up for my stone and tile inspection and troubleshooting class in Las Vegas next year in January, I'm sorry, but it's full. Uh, we filled it up. I only keep uh, 10 students at maximum, and we've reached that point, uh, so we have no more room left. Uh, if you want to get on the list for next year, uh, I may offer one sooner than next year, but generally I do them once a year uh, in January or February. Uh, that happens to be when Stone Expo uh, happens at that same time out in Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is a good venue for that class anyways because there's so many failures out there. Uh, we actually take a trip out there. And, and this year I've added a quarry trip. Uh, we found a quarry outside of Vegas called uh, Vegas Rock which uh, quarries and fabricates uh, what is known as meta quartzite. So if you want to look up uh, Las Vegas Rock, you can see what meta quartzite is all about out there. It's a really interesting uh, tour that we do on the last day of the seminar. Anyway, uh, I've had a little bit of downtime. I've I've had some minor surgery here, and I've been in a writing mood, obviously answering all kinds of calls when it comes to failures, technical issues with stone and tile issues, and I've published a ton of articles on my website. I have now over, of course, I didn't do this all in the last couple of weeks, but over my uh, 40-some-plus year career here, I've I've written hundreds of articles. And a lot of those articles, actually over 300 of those articles, can now be found on my website. So if you just go to stoneforensics.com, that is stoneforensics.com, go to the article section, and it'll bring up a list of articles there, and you'll see a little box there that says enter keyword. So if you're looking for something like uh, quartzite or, you know, efflorescence or something, just type that word in there, any word, and uh, it'll bring up the articles that contains that contains that word. Now, if I don't have an article that addresses your particular uh, question, send me an email. I'm going to get my email out here in a minute and just a detailed a question, and I'll, I'll put an article together on there uh, if I don't already have one in my archive of, of articles. Uh, okay, so my email is fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. I'll repeat that, fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. All right, some of the issues are actually one of the issues. Let's start with issue number one uh, that I've run into in the past probably two or three weeks, and I it seems like all these problems come up all at one time. It's the same issue again and again and again. And uh, this month's issue seems to be sweating tiles. Now, whether those tiles are ceramic, whether those tiles are porcelain, whether it's quartzite, whether it's quartz, 
or or whether it's uh, a stone. In general, I'm getting calls. I've done three projects already where we have issues with moisture. Uh, and when we go in and we do our testing, we do our moisture meter, our moisture meter says, yes, there's moisture there. And we try to find where the moisture is coming from. It's kind of like, hmm, this is a puzzler. <coughs> Excuse me, where is the moisture coming from? Well, through a plethora, I guess you'd say, of, of various testing devices, I, I use an infrared thermometer. I use a hygrometer, which measures uh, uh, humidity, and, of course, a, a moisture meter. And uh, we end and, and we, we find out uh, that a lot of these issues that we're running into with moisture in these floors and we're dealing with floors, although it can occur on walls, is what we call a dew point issue. So let me first describe uh, what I mean by by dew point. And I'm going to read directly from one of my articles. And basically what is is the dew point is the temperature at which air becomes saturated with water vapor leading to the formation of dew, fog, or in this case, condensation. When the air reaches this dew point, it cannot hold any more moisture, and the excess water vapor begins to condense into a liquid water. This dew point, of course, is influenced by factors such as the air temperature and humidity levels, which is what we measure. And as the air temperature decreases, the dew point also decreases. So let let me explain this in in common terms. Moisture is always going to go from hot to cold. That's your second law of thermodynamics for you science bus out there. Okay. Anytime you have warm air, it's going to seek the cold air. So with that basic knowledge, let's look at a couple of situations. The first situation is we have a balcony, an outdoor balcony. And that balcony, under that balcony is an air conditioned, uh, I'm sorry. Yes, is an air conditioned space. So what do we have? We have differences in temperature. We have underneath the balcony, which is cold air. Let's say they're keeping their air conditioner at 70 degrees or even 72 or 74 degrees. And it's a really hot day. The sun's beating down on this deck on the tile. We now have warm air. Well, what's going to happen is humidity from that warm air is going to want to seek that cold air. It's going to draw down into the uh, substrate, into the setting water, into the substrate, whatever that substrate is. It's going to condense into water. Now, what happens as the temperature changes and the reverse happens, and now the floor tile on the deck is now colder than the air underneath, warm air, the moisture warm is going to see cold sweating on the tile. And this can happen in reverse. You could have an indoor space with, say, a garage underneath. I just had this situation in a, another inspection I did in a, in a commercial building at a, a department store where the tile wasn't drying out, was staying wet. Well, we have the inside store, which was over a parking garage. During the summer, it's very, very hot in the parking garage. The humidity level is very high. What's going to happen is the humidity, the hot air, is going to seek the colder, which is the floor, and bingo, you'll get condensation. And you see this. And and when I say condensation, you've all seen this on your homes uh, when there's a really hot day out and it's cold inside, you've got the air conditioning. What happens is you get condensation that builds up on the outside of the windows. This can happen on your flooring. So with that said, let's take a look at how you test for this. And I'm going to go into detail. And we do this in my seminar. But how would I test uh, to see the, where this is the problem? Well, first of all, we want to eliminate all the other sources. And, you know, without getting into detail there, 
you know, we could look at a slab on grade. Has a vapor barrier been compromised? Uh, is there a water pipe leak? Was there a flood? Uh, is it a new installation? And the questions go on and on and on. So assuming that's all okay, and we're scratching our head and we're going, okay, where is this moisture coming from? We need to test the dew point. We need, we need to look at not, and I, I preach this constantly, is that when you do an inspection and when you're looking at a floor, a wall, a countertop, I don't care what it is, don't just look at it with blinders on. Look at everything around it. And in this case, we have to look at the entire building envelope. So in the example I just gave with the department store, okay, I walk in, I see a limestone floor, I see it's moist, I eliminate all this, these problems. I'm like, well, where's it coming from? Well, I want to see what's under it. What's, what am I standing on? What's under what I'm standing on? Well, it happens to be a garage. Well, does that garage have air conditioning or heat? No. So I'm like, hmm, well, let's go ahead and let's see if we can measure the dew point. So what I basically do is I take out a hygrometer, which in my case, I use the Trimex concrete encounter uh, moisture meter, which has a built-in hygrometer, which will give me the dew point instantaneous. So I get a dew point. All right. Now I take my infrared thermometer and I check the temperature on the floor. And then I go under the floor in the garage and I check the temperature there. And then there's a calculation I can go, I would go through and I can determine that if we reach a dew point, and that dew point is if the temperature difference is, is with uh, 10 degrees or greater. Okay, if it's greater than 10 degree difference, we may have a condensation issue or what we call a dew point issue. So that's how that, that problem comes about. So if you want to read more about that, I just published an article online on my website, and I'll give you the title. Actually, it's the first one that's going to pull up called Understanding Sweating on Tile Floors and, and Dew Points. So take a look at that, and uh, it'll give you more information. And, of course, if you have any questions whatsoever, then just give me a call. All right, let's move on to issue number two. And for years, I've taught, you know, polishing, surface polishing, face polishing of granite stone surfaces, as well as some of these quartz or what I like to call engineered stone surfaces. And in some cases, we're very successful. We're able to get the factory polishers, you know, many systems out there. Uh, David Bonacera with ESP Stone has has a system. There's another one called Quartz Renew. Uh, there, there are several systems out there that work really well, but... They don't work really well on all stones uh, or all, I'm sorry, all quartz uh, uh, countertops. And without generalizing, but I will, uh, is I found that some of the Chinese materials are very, very difficult to polish. And I, I discovered or I, I've, I've discovered something that, that I think is, is very important. And that is I suspect what's happening at the factory is that these surfaces are, are are being treated somehow. Now, I don't know what the secret is. It's all proprietary. They're not going to tell you they are. But when I examine these uh, quartz materials under a microscope, there seems to be a very fine coating on some of these quartz materials. So I suspect that may be why you can't get... Now, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the stippled, uh, you know, alligator type appearance on, on something like Cambria or, or Zodiac, but some of these... Uh, very coarse, very dense quartz materials. Uh, again, a lot of them coming out of China that you really even can't even see the aggregate are very, very difficult to replicate that, that factory finish. And I suspect what's happening is when you go in and you hone those materials down, what happens is you're removing that, that treatment, whatever it is, whether it's a baked on treatment, uh, I doubt it's a, it's a 
a coating like you would apply a wax or or a film former of some kind. I, I have a feeling it's some kind of a, uh, a heated process. I mean, I don't know for sure. Uh, if anybody does, let me know. You know, send me an email, fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. Uh, but I think that's the reason some of you guys are having some issues with that. With that said, for you restoration guys out there and for you consumers out there that are wanting to have your quartz countertops repaired, keep in mind that Anytime you you hone that surface or you, you you even put sandpaper on that surface, you may void the warranty on these on these materials. So uh, be very 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 careful with that. Okay, the next issue I run into, we'll do a few more here and we'll call it a show. We won't bore you to death with all these issues. Is that it? That is how to test for iron in the stone, and you know iron in the stone. In other words, rusting uh, can be tricky because when you see, you know, especially your white marbles where you see this discoloration, whether it's yellow, uh, brown, reddish brown, you'll be scratching your head. What stain this? Because it could be something other than iron. So how do you know for sure it is iron? It's very simple. Uh, you want to pick up a, a product from Alpha Tools called rsr 2000 it's rsr 2000 it's a rust remover but I, I don't use it for a rust removing i use it as a rust indicator and basically what you do with that rust indicator that that material is you put some with that gel on there if it turns purple within you know a minute or two it's positive for iron so folks that's the quick down and dirty uh podcast for for this week uh tune in next week make sure to send me any of your questions that you have f houston f-h-u-e-s-t-o-n at gmail.com thanks for listening keep setting those tiles polishing that stone fabricating those tops later my friends